Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Generally Casual, the place where you can learn anything and everything casually. I'm one of your co-hosts, Michael, and joined with me today is Richard and Corey, like normal. What's up, guys? Hello. Uh, Hi, um, Bip. What? Yep. Okay, you're coming in hot today. <laughs> Jesus. Stop. <laughs> me. <We know. laughs> you're like uh, rock bottom people down here. <laughs> and I want you to... Okay. SpongeBob? It's from SpongeBob. Oh, I didn't watch a lot of SpongeBob. That's okay. He watched the Australian version of SpongeMate. <laughs> SpongeMate? No, or sp- Mate? Mate. Oh, okay. SpongeMate. Oh. <laughs> I feel like it would be like SpongeBerry, if anything. I mean, you would know. Yeah. I would Sponge not. SpongeBaza. In fact, right now, I'm just infringing on your culture. I apologize. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's coral reefs. <laughs> in fact, yes. As I've heard, they're very healthy in Australia, not dying at all. Never. Yeah, sarcasm. That's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> it lives uh, well, forever in our hearts. Anyways, today we're talking about... Uh, none of that. <laughs> yeah, none of that at all. We are talking about, um, as Corey coined the phrase, games that scratch that itch. Yep. Or, uh, in other words, um, the one where he wrote it down. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, in other words, uh, wow. video games that, we, that we like. And... That really stuck with us over time, which I would say is nothing almost within the last five years. I mean, we'll, we'll get into all of that in a second. I was, like for me personally, like when I'm thinking about the games that really, you know, hit hit the spot, scratch that itch. It's kind of like the games that you keep returning to mm-hmm. that are a really fun and engaging in a way that other games, as much as you might enjoy them, um. It, it just hits differently. Yeah, I would also yeah. say these are not, like, necessarily your favorite games of all time. Because some games out there you've played, like, one time and you're like, wow, that was an amazing experience. But it would ruin it to play it again. Right? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, there's a lot of single-player games that are exactly like that. Uh, yeah. And, in fact, one is on my list that is very similar to that. Well, I would, and not to kind of just go right into it, but I would assume Last of Us is kind of that way. Yeah, like, never it, played it. It kind of... Uh, as soon as you know the story, you know the story. And mm-hmm. yes, it may have, you know, profound emotional impacts and stuff like that. But you generally, as far as I'm familiar with the game, you really go back for trophies. You're not really going back to actually, like, really get engaged for that game well, again. Yeah, really re-experience the game <clears throat> yeah. again. Yeah, you go through and you're like, oh, the first time I watched this cutscene, it hit really, it, like, hurt me. And mm-hmm. now you're just like, yeah, gremlin, pick up all the stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Must, must grind through game. Oh, Richard, since you started, what what is a game that actually stuck with you over all this time that you consider, like, really hit where you wanted it to hit? Well, that's the kind of funny thing is, is I can't think of anything recent. I mean, I guess kind of. My wife is way more into the, like, um, oh, my goodness, Uh, Bioware uh, Mm. games than I am. So she's... She's played like Dragon Age three times and like Mass Effect like eighteen times and things like that. So the more recent games really haven't. Um, I, I'm trying to think. Like the only one that really did is like Bioshock. I think I've played through Bioshock, uh, twice. Mm. I've tried to play it a third time so that way my daughter can watch it. Um, because she's really into like dark games and things. Um, yes, yeah, she is. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Her list would be five nines at Freddy's. Freddy, yeah. <laughs> Bendy and the Ink Machine. Um, <gasps> right. Yeah. 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 
But uh, other than that, like I am more into like nostalgia based games. Mm. So like Chrono Trigger, I've probably beaten like six times. Uh, oh. I'm trying to think. Uh, Link to the Past and uh, yeah, Link's Awakening. Legends um, of both Legends of Zelda titles. I've I've played through multiple times. I've played through Ocarina time multiple times. But those are more like I get. And I guess this is along those same lines, but they're more like reliving childhood as mm-hmm. opposed to like, I want to play this game again, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, but I mean, that's that's a good point. I mean, but for, for you, it's still an experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, the game will still, you know, hit that little spot of you that you're like, this is what I've been needing for a long time. You don't, you don't want to actually be playing games. You just want to hit that little bit yes. of little wretched. I want to relive... Relive child Mm. memories. But I was going to say, I've tried to do that with a few games. I've tried to basically be like, I really enjoy this game and I'm going to play it again because I want to relive. The prime example of that is uh, the Batman games from Rocksteady. The Arkham Asylum? Yes. Okay. I've I've played through Arkham Asylum full 100% once and then I've tried to do it again um, just to kind of play through the story. And I couldn't get through it. So for me, like video games don't do that for me as much as like movies mm-hmm. do or TV shows do. It, it seemed well. I mean, the games you described already are a lot more cinematic than most other games that are out there. I mean, like Chrono Trigger. Well, it's a, you know, it's more of a pixelated game by now. It's story. It's mostly about the story I mean, and the oh, multiple endings. Yeah, and l- <laughs> weird that Legend of Zelda is very similar. Not multiple endings, but like. In the timeline of Legend of Zelda, there's, there's multiple endings. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they're also very cinematic because they've got a lot, not a ton of cutscenes, but all the cutscenes are beautiful. And in fact, the gameplay is beautiful in itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would say that's not a lot of games that come up to present. You know, like there's not a lot of games. I guess the last big one for Legend of Zelda is Breath of the Wild. Yeah, that game's gorgeous. Yeah, and there's not a lot of games around that that are as gorgeous as Breath of the Wild. Yeah. And even even still, it's not uh, like a graphically gorgeous game. Mm-hmm. It's just it's re- really prettily animated. Well, and, yeah. And I mean, um, I'm playing Hades right now, and that game is spectacularly beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, for it just being like a roguelike, played a billion times, and try to get through the story, the amount of time that they've taken to craft characters, even though they play out just like... <laughs> For anybody who's never played these games, but like a dating sim, like a more of a JR J, uh, a Japanese dating game where it's just like there's a picture of a face and text on the bottom. Yeah, and like a lot of Final Fantasy games is the same thing mm-hmm. where it's like face text. Yeah, and they don't actually have a voice actor, but Hades goes through the pro- the process of going. Yeah, we know we made a little uh, a sprite for this character. But you know what else we're going to do? We're going to fully, like, art this character out so we have a nice cut for them to see on, like, the amount of character creation that goes through every character is amazing. Even the random, like, when you just meet Zeus from picking up a boon, it's like, wow, you guys took way too long to make this, like, little slice of art. Um, and then the the scenery that you go through is also spectacular, while well, the story is amazing, too. Uh, and I was surprised by that. And that, that's my current addiction right now is to play. I've played it uh, a run. I've run through it about 50 times so far. And I've beaten it five times. Uh, yeah. <laughs> One and I ten. I mean, it, isn't it roguelike anyway? Like, yeah. That's the point. Yeah. 
Uh, and my last four times were all consecutive. So I was yeah. finally like, I figured it out. <laughs> it only took me 50 times. Um, but other ones that I've been fully addicted to, and that's how I use games as like the game that, that scratches that itch is a game that I'm fully like dedicated to and pushes everything out. Um, like the past week I've been trying to play games with Corey and I've been like, no, 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 it's Hades time. I got to play through Hades or I've been busy. Uh, but <laughs> the other one that's nabbed me most recently is the gardens of the galaxy game. Yeah. I want to play through that. Yeah. I haven't yeah. yet, but we'll, we'll you know. see you in a couple years. Yeah, after you play <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I would say it's like a 20 and 30 hour experience, but the way that they that you play through it and the bickering between the characters is exactly like the movie. And that's why I enjoy it so much. Because it plays out like a Guardians of the Galaxy movie would. But with like as much stuff thrown in as you would want. I've only heard good things about that mm-hmm. game. And, and so many people I've heard speak about it like they wish the marvel game that they brought out beforehand avengers yeah wasn't was it done like by two that. different studios anyway yeah it was the, the avengers game was done by square enix and they 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 um i think just had kind of they fell into the the bioware style where they're like this game is now too big and we can't stop so now it has to come out well they wanted a um season pass model right implemented in it too. which is is a not pain. not yeah. a developer decision generally either but um yeah, yeah i only hear good things about that guardians of the galaxy one and <laughs> funnily enough that might actually be a good one to play through with the kiddo mm-hmm. because um it is so engaging and witty and like i'm sure she enjoyed the guardians of the galaxy movies that's actually yeah. funny they're both published by square Enix. are they yes uh just what guardians galaxy was done by is it Eidos? Mo- I- Eidos. Eidos, Montreal. And then the other one was Crystal Dynamics. Oh, so they're actually both done by very similar studios, mm-hmm. which is interesting. But And that's the thing, but you're right. It was the fact that they, they wanted a they wanted the Avengers game to be a come back and play it multiple times and have fun with your friends. Yeah, we're going to add more but characters. It wasn't, it wasn't multiplayer friendly. Like It just really wasn't because there was a lot of server issues, but the multiplayer games that you could play together were not... Like it was very much like add mobs. Yeah. Look through the map. Fight more mobs. Oh, that sounds like a destiny almost. Yeah. They're well, like, how can we adjust? We're going to make this new area. Okay, cool. We go into new area. Okay. Stand around this area until mobs come and shoot them. Yeah. Okay. And, yay. And that's the thing is that the gardens of the galaxy game, it's does mobs too, but it's, they're constantly evolving. So, Keeping it really based, the the play mechanics of the game is like you get a couple different elements that you can play around with, and those elements are strong against certain critters, and then those critters that you fight also have their own special abilities and different attack mechanics. So while you're progressing through the game, your arsenal also upgrades what with you, and then you meet more monsters that are weak against certain of the aspects that you control. And then in addition, there's like fun little mechanics where the guardians come together. You give them a little speech and then you get like super low cooldowns and stuff like that. <laughs> so the the gameplay is not like, you know, generations beyond like where we're at in gaming. It's like it's a fresh RPG. But then the Avengers game is like, hey, we gave you access to like 12 different characters that you can't switch between during the game. 
you pick one character to play through every mission. And then if you're playing by yourself, you can switch between these characters. But if you're playing with friends, you can't. And, well, so, so and isn't the point of like, like it kind of works like how um the old like 360 Marvel uh kind of team beat em up works where each character you have to like grind on to get yes, more stuff. Correct. So, and so, but it's also based on like the gear. You can get new gear and upgrade, but they have to be a certain Marvel level. Ultimate Alliance is yeah, what yeah, I was yeah. thinking of. And that's the problem is there's some games that have come out in the future, uh, the future today uh, <laughs> the future. that are like Marvel's Avengers that are like they're the company's trying to get something out of it that the, the player base doesn't want. And then there's Guardians of the Galaxy, which the only negative I heard from people was like, I wish it was multiplayer. I'm like, but if it was multiplayer, you know they would screw that up. Yeah. And you know there'd be a problem with it. But because they just dedicated the single-player experience, even if you're not going to go back and play through it, which is just trophy hunting, you leave the game with a positive feeling. And that's what's important. And other games <laughs> like, uh, Corey, I know you got some some games on your list that I was going to put on mine that have that same feeling to them. What I, what I found funny is you said that positive feeling. And literally what I mentioned earlier with Bioshock and technically Bioshock Infinite, I didn't have good feelings at all at the end of those games. Those were neg- like hard <laughs> negative feelings. You at mentioned the end Chrono Trigger though. That's a that's a yeah, positive true. experience. No, but like literally when I beat Bioshock Infinite, my brain just hurt, and I was like, I am so like frustrated by the end of this game. But I still Richard, loved it. That's an even better segue to Corey's <laughs> game list. <laughs> Sir. Oh uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> a knowing segue to yeah. Corey. <laughs> So, honestly, for me, with games, it always comes down to the gameplay number one for me. Mm-hmm. And it's got to provide some sort of challenge. Otherwise, I lose interest very quickly. Um, so, I really, really, really heavily got into Dark Souls and Bloodborne. Like, Bloodborne's probably one of, if not my favorite game of all time. Um, which I never thought I would top Bioshock as my favorite game, but... Really Bloodborne good. is just so amazing. It's so cinematic. I love the Eldritch Horror kind of genre. Mm-hmm. And like having a Dark Souls game, but Eldritch Horror is just amazing. And Sony's really annoying by keeping that to <laughs> PS4 and PS5 mm-hmm. and not putting that on PC or anything. Yeah, Persona. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it it's so... It's brutal, I think, is the best way to describe those games because it's like it's very rewarding when you learn how to play it and how your weapon works and how the enemies work. But when you don't, it's like, hey, you messed up and we're going to tell you you messed up by making you start from 30 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but just oh, the grittiness and managing to finally pull it off, that makes it so worth it. Um, and Monster Hunter's... A similar way. It's kind of like it's the Dark Souls boss fights, but it's just boss fights and there's no little guys to run to. Yeah. Um, and then it adds the whole like you can make your character whatever way you want. So you can choose what armor to wear, you gear yourself out, you hunt something to get better armor, to hunt something else, rinse and repeat. And then you have like really cool weapons that are just super fun and mm-hmm. rewarding to play. Yeah. Um, and also, I think one of the biggest aspects is that both Monster Hunter, Bloodborne, Dark Souls, and my next game, um, they feel really lived in. Like, the world yeah. feels lived yeah, in. Yeah, it's it about feels, the environment, for sure. Yeah, it it actually has substance. And I think that was one of the issues with um, 
the Avengers game is that it just felt like you were going from steel room to steel room mm-hmm. and then, oh, you're outside, but that's just waves of enemies until we're back in a steel room. Yeah, and um, you're like, if the enemies weren't here, this would be a very bland environment that you'd be in. Yeah. Mm. Um, it doesn't feel like one square arena to another square arena. Mm-hmm. Um, everything feels like it's being curated, which is really, which really is, nice. Which is really funny because uh, like in, in Monster Hunter technically is it's just such a big like every new area that you go into and like even just monster hunter world even though it's segmented out by map mm-hmm. it's just because you can kind of explore that map a little more and it doesn't feel linear it feels like oh well the the monster has now moved around these areas which is slightly different environments and other things like that and then when you get pulled out, you get pulled out into another kind of explorable area where there's characters and other things like that. So even though it's smaller in terms of that by comparison to Dark Souls or Bloodborne, it still feels like it's a bigger area than what like yeah. you can see outside of that. I mean, You're like, like, oh, there's more to this. To it's keep not it just very simple. There's like one region and world. And I, and I know it happens in all the games. Uh, where there's like a world, there's a region brimming with life, and then they're talking. Then they go, yeah, but right underneath that, there's a region that's literally decay, and they're like, everything from that region up above falls to the region below yeah. and creates this undeath, but that feeds back into the region of life because uh, all this decaying uh, corpses and becomes. Uh, nutrient-rich soil, which feeds the world of life back above it. So yeah. it's a it's a cyclical thing. And I'm like, yeah, because they actually sat down to think about how this game would be perfect and how to really make it something to draw somebody in constantly so someone's playing a thousand-plus hours. Well, one of the things with World that I, I love to hear as well is they have that, like, purpose purposeful design. Like, the head creator at... Um, capcom when they were making uh monster hunter world they were designing one of the monsters called diablos which is a giant like horned dinosaur looking thing um and he was very particular in like diablos live in a desert environment Mm -hmm. they dig through the sand okay so this is the design we have for him and it had like diablos with kind of more pointed nails and claws and they're like no 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 Diablos digs through the sand. He wouldn't have sharp nails. They would be shovel-shaped. So, like, they made that change because he's like, it doesn't make sense for the environment that this monster lives in. So, like, that, it makes it so much more immersive, Mm -hmm. and I really love that. Um, And speaking of immersive, there is yet to be a game as immersive and fun and, like, widespread as the witcher 3 i think that is probably now i think about it it has to be tied with bloodborne as my favorite game Mm -hmm. um it it doesn't beat it but it's just the gameplay can be a little monotonous at times depending on what your build is like but it's an rpg yeah and rpgs are never mainly about the gameplay the gameplay is a tool to get you through the story to experience Mm. the world and the witcher 3 does that really well it makes it feel lived in it gives so many different biomes and regions and like explanations as to why things are the way they are and like it gives you the feeling of um 
a country that has been ravaged by war. Like mm-hmm. that's like I remember the first time that I stepped into one of those Necker fields and it's just like the remains of war and then uh Geralt is all like, Oh, monsters are coming and the Neckers just sprout out mm-hmm. from underneath the ground and attack you. Like It also does an excellent job of introducing you characters without the need to have played through one and two to lead to that game. Yeah. They Obviously, like, having knowledge of the previous games does help. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way that they reintroduce them um, kind of just makes it like, oh, he's meeting an old friend. And then they're kind of explaining a little bit of the backstory of, like, yeah. where have you been? Like, it's very natural instead of, like, this is lady number two. Mm-hmm. You've known her for 20 years. And she <laughs> does exactly this. You want her in this formation yeah. and do this. It's kind of reminding me of like uh, when in in like some TV shows or things like that, when a character calls their sister and they go, hey, sister, how's that <laughs> thing going that you're doing right now? Yeah. And try to and introduce like, you to her no backstory. one would ever talk to someone that way. Yeah, exactly. So in essence, they don't do that. They kind of give you the background through the conversation so that way you can understand what's going on with the characters without having to overly explain it. I don't know. Sometimes you call up your best mate and you're just like, brother, yeah. how you doing? Well, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> another game I think that did that well is Mass Effect, like you were talking about before. Uh, Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3 is one of the first games and one of the last games, I think, that had such an in-depth, uh, intense storyline where every action... well. Most of the majority of important actions that you Most would make. Most impactful Yes, not things. tiny. But even tiny ones they would call back to. Well, yeah, they would have ending yeah. storylines for some characters that you saw in the first or second game. Yeah, that yeah. were resolved in the third yes. one. And, which I think was the why I connected with that game so much. I haven't played it nearly as much as your wife has. No. Uh, I, don't think, I don't think anyone has. But there, I have some people, but. played through it multiple times. But I mean, I, I'm a type of person where I, when I play or watch something one time, I'll remember it enough to know, not want to do it again. Yeah. So it, it's very rare for me to want to play through a game or watch a movie or a TV show all the way through again, unless it, I was very, very emotionally connected to it. Um, and Mass Effect it was one of those. I think between one, two, and three, I played through each iteration of it a couple of times. So, like, between one and two, I played through one, like, three times. And then two oh. came out, and I played that a couple times. And I think then... I only played one once. I think I've played two twice, mm-hmm. and then three one and a half times. Okay. It's funny, because <clears throat> I played that game. I actually haven't finished three, but I p- finished the other two. But from what I've experienced, it's more... The way they introduce characters is technically really realistic, because it's like real life. But it's not as engaging as the way that The Witcher does, which is why I'm critical of it. But it's technically the right way to do it. Because when you first meet them, you're like, why should I care about you? And they're like, why should I care about you? And And then eventually, like, after a while of going out of your way to get to know them, they're like, here's this really cool side of me. And or here's this really despicable side of me. Which is what I really like Mass Effect did is they include quests later on. They're like... If you care about this person enough, go do their quest, which has to do with their backstory, and you'll learn about them. Yeah. Like, like you'll finish off their motivations and resolutions, which they've done in every single game. They're like, 
And if you don't, they're loyal enough to you because they're part of your crew. But they'll die. But they'll die. <laughs> um, and that that was really exciting. I think a couple other games that have been impactful to me and might lead into our next conversation. Um, XCOM and Persona um, are two harder games like uh, Bloodborne or Dark Souls. Uh, XCOM is probably the game I've played probably not the most in terms of hours because I think Monster Hunter and Overwatch take over that. But it definitely is one of the games I've played through all the way through the most times because of how satisfying it is to create characters and do different runs. And the expansions they've done on them are amazing. Like, I think I've played through XCOM once, the first one five times, and XCOM 2, like, five times. I don't think I've ever beaten the first XCOM game. Well, but they're I, also hard. Yeah, it's, it's hard. It's uh, hard to not lose somebody throughout I, the... I think I've done, like, three playthroughs of the mm-hmm. first XCOM game. It just... I, I just don't think I never... When I got to the point where I got some good roles and some good, like, people put together and things like that, then I just got to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> I've gotten to the end for myself. Uh, yeah. And then Persona is the same way. And Persona is one of the very first JRPGs I played through. Uh, I don't remember if I played the third one, but I definitely played the fourth and fifth one. And I played them all the way through. And it's definitely a game that gives you every bit of dollar amount you could want mm-hmm. in a game because it exceeds like two to three hundred hours. Yeah. And... That was one of the first games that I was very bonded to, to be like, oh, I love every part of this game. The music, the characters, the story, everything about this game is on point. Um, I think it evolved to the point of, of that, because I, I have played 3, 4, and 5, and I feel like 5 was definitely a really good culmination of everything. Uh, 4, obviously, kind of... Um, pulled in a lot of the elements that evolved into 5, but 3 was like... To me, it was more dating sim than actual game. Mm-hmm. and But 5, as I like to call them, like Far Cry 3 and The Witcher 3 and all these games that have come out, it's the one that they made more open to new people coming into it. Mm-hmm. They were like, like The Witcher 3 did the same thing and so did Far Cry 3. They were like, how do we make this game so that people don't, don't need to know about any game previous, but will enjoy the game enough to get into it. Mm. And luckily with Persona, it's a new story every time, so they don't have to tie things back, even though they do sometimes. But It's like Final Fantasy. There's just yeah. like familiar things in, across all, the yeah, games. All those games like were like, okay, we're going to reinvent the wheel a little bit and really change up the way we set up these games and get you into them. And honestly, to a, co- to a question Corey and I have been wondering for the past couple months that we've been trying to figure out games to play with each other, uh, where have all the co-op games gone? And this leads to my final game that I've loved so much is Borderlands. Borderlands was one of the last games that I played heavily, besides Overwatch, that was a co-op game and that had a story element to it. So Mm -hmm. instead of just playing multiplayer game after multiplayer game and fighting and being competitive the entire time, like a lot of games are today, they actually had a story element that you could play through with a friend and have fun all the way to the end. Weirdly, that... Halo Infinite does not have a co-op <laughs> co-op campaign to it right now. Yeah. What but a silly thing. It's weird because it's one of those multiplayer game co-op games that are based on a story where as goofy as it is, they do a really good job at not letting the fact that it's co-op or that you're co-oping opposed to playing through the story single player mess with the story because there are times where well, you difficulty. play through a co-op game mm-hmm. with someone else. And they're like, 
all right, I'm skipping this cutscene now. And it's just like, okay, cool. It's ruined for me now. Yeah. Or like, I don't know, Borderlands does a good job of being like, yeah, we're going to tell you a lot of the story that goes on while you're doing other stuff. While you're in the gameplay. Yeah, yeah not in the cinematic. Yeah, very much so. And I, I was going to say, actually, I feel like that was actually pulled because Diablo does the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Diablo 2 was d- very much that way, even though they had cutscenes that that basically were interludes between each act most of the story for everything is told in game they do um uh deckard kane would tell lots of different things or Mm. or all that other stuff would go on during the game um because you'd need to know where you're going what you're doing it's great to be able to learn about the story of the game and not have to go to a third party website yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and that, that's <laughs> I don't a, know what game you're talking about. <laughs> and that's the funny thing is that the cinematics for Diablo are so spanking beautiful that, like, you don't want to skip them because no. they're, they're they're not engaging. even yeah, but they're, they're not even engaging. totally about the story. They're just a moment it's in cool the movie. Fact, yeah. yeah, and StarCraft did the same thing, although yeah. that's an RTS. But uh, and that was a game that, that's a favorite from my childhood. But because they haven't made a spectacularly good one since. I guess StarCraft I, too, but I think they just need to change genres. I think StarCraft as a whole is bigger than mm, the RTS genre. Mm, like StarCraft Ghost. I, what happened to that? Uh, <laughs> anyways, yeah. Then the company exploded and merged with Activision and has all the problems that it does now. Yes. Maybe it has to do with the higher ups that suck. Uh, but yeah, I think you're right. I mean, if they made if they made more things that del- dove into the world, just like they did, weird that they made Warcraft three an RTS, and then we're like. Why don't we change genres and make it an MMORPG? Hey. Oh, what a wild idea. I wonder if this is going to make us lose. What? We got millions from this? There's millions too much upon millions sarcasm of going on. We, oh, need, sorry. We, we need to finish <laughs> up with less sarcasm. Okay, 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 <laughs> yeah. okay. But, but. Co- co-op <laughs> games in general, uh, going to that meat of the argument, we're missing them. And all the co-op games today are all very competitive. And sometimes... Yeah, they're more closer to multiplayer games yeah, than they are. Yeah, sometimes when you're sitting co-op. down with your buddy, Corey, and you're like, what game do you want to play? We, I, You know, I'm not fully into playing competitive games completely, and Corey doesn't want to play Overwatch, and I that's my one of my few multiplayer You say competitive games. That's like the the most competitive game out there right now. Okay, no. okay. No, <laughs> no. Call of Duty is, is no, a lot I don't, more. No, uh, well, what's it called? What's it called? Uh, oh, like even like oh, Valorant. Apex. Valorant's Valorant. way yeah. more competitive right now because it's a bigger game. Fortnite, there's uh, the game you play all the time. Oh, Apex. There's Apex. Yeah, Apex. That's yeah. not like that's it, more casual than Overwatch. I feel like. But people get too mad. In but Overwatch. because it can be you versus the world, it can be pretty competitive. But it's not yeah. like you're blaming your teammates on anything because if you're good enough, you can play by yourself. Mm. But like all there's all these multiplayer games, but they're so focused on being competitive with other people and being very much about player versus player. It's team there, sports. Yes. There's way less games coming out that are PVE content than yeah. PVP content. And, I mean, we haven't really done our research about why that is. Mostly probably because of the, the spawn of uh, Battle, Royales. Battle Royales and yeah. Fortnite that have come out that have really spawned the younger generations to play all these free-to-play games that are easier to access. But... I mean, that's just a guesstimation. I, I don't have well, any raw data about it. I was going to say, one that came out more recently that just, I'm sure, was probably fairly successful because T- Turtle Rock actually does is a great studio and they've done some good games that just have flopped. Um, but Back for Blood, 
was released within the past couple what was it last year right mm-hmm. um and a, a little flop it was, it was a, a little flop yeah but that's the thing is it's a solid game it's just i don't think it was released in the time where it should have been no it also wasn't uh, for me it was not optimized the way that left for dead was because the the options in the game were completely based on you walking around and they, oh yeah it wasn't just a menu yeah and i'm like with that game specifically, the reason why I'm not playing it a bunch right now, and I played it a lot when it came out, is because it was optimized poorly. The gameplay was fun. Again, the multiplayer, they optimized terribly. They made like, it hard to get into a match with friends. Correct. And yeah. that was the problem. Is Even if once you understood it, you could just join somebody. But it was like, why did you guys make your multiplayer a horde mode when your the Left 4 Dead system works so it was so, a story. Yeah, it yeah. was just playing through the story versus each other, and it didn't right. matter. It was just who got through f- who who got through faster and farther. Right. I'm like, you guys, and with with more health. When you have something that works, just use it again. Don't reinvent the wheel. The wheel already exists. Just use the wheel. We don't need it. What if we made it oval? Then sometimes it would go faster, and sometimes <clears throat> it would go slower. It's like what? guys. <laughs> and I feel like that was kind of their also their problem with with when Evolve came out evolve they they didn't Love realize it was a fantastic game but it still required five people four of which were on one team against one person on a different team mm-hmm. and even though that one person on a different team could become really super powerful it's just then it becomes formulaic to the point where okay we're facing against this so we need to play this way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and it then wasn't as fun and i think one of the reasons why left 4 dead was very successful and left 4 dead 2 was so successful was because even though you could play it multiple times and it was the same game uh that little competitive element to it where it was the zombies versus the uh, survivors didn't you weren't trying to be competitive to the point where you weren't trying to beat anything you were just trying to finish or have fun yeah and then and then you had competitive elements overlaid over basically they were like here's the campaign now here's the multiplayer the multiplayer is the campaign campaign. except with a little bit more competitiveness to it and that's basically what we're lacking a lot of these games is like borderlands had the same thing right it was competitive with your friends because you'd be like well the old Borderlands was like, who's going to get that weapon? Yeah, who's going to get the weapon? And, and right. then when you get it, then you have the nice point where you're like, well, I already have an orange weapon. I guess you can have it now. Uh, well, and, and that's like the same thing with Diablo. You were grinding for specific things. Yeah, you could also take them from your friends because Borderlands and Diablo had the same system. Similar before, loot systems. Where, yeah, yeah, it wasn't. Uh, it was I world think, loot, not yeah, instant. World of loot. Warcraft also yeah. had the same thing where it was, yeah, it was world loot and then you would roll for it and then whoever would get the roll, you know, would earn the loot. And it would yeah. usually be like one really cool item dropped yeah. off of whatever boss. And that's the thing is I think. Games nowadays are just lacking that factor of being able to have fun with your friends and keep it interesting because certain elements of the game are so mismanaged that it makes it hard to just casually play with your friends. And I can't really think of a game that's come out in the past year or two that's been in a very exciting co-op opportunity. Yeah. I think it, it, to give, uh, developers credit though it is in my opinion more difficult to create an engaging co-op mm-hmm. platform that you want to repeatedly play opposed to just a generic multiplayer game because with a multiplayer game you essentially curate 
the characters and the maps and then you're done because the whole reason to play is this team versus that team mm-hmm. whereas with another co-op game the reason to play has to be something other than just beat that team yeah there has to be something you're adding with the co-op factor yeah. i mean and i i would imagine that's why halo infant doesn't have a co-op because it's a more open world experience you're not just sandboxing every level and going from beginning to the end it's not just a race um, but since it's a open world that you dive into campaign missions throughout it, I can imagine that's a little harder to set up. Just I mean, like Far Cry, Far Cry is. did that. It's, they well, did co-op. you're no joke. <laughs> so <laughs> reinventing the wheel. Corey. Yeah. Well, and I I don't know if this actually is kind of more prevalent in smaller studios or indie games, but um, the one that stuck out to me more recently was was a game that Corey uh, got me for a holiday uh, called It Takes Two which is literally a co-op game. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen a bit of gameplay from that. It looks yeah, really uh, exciting. Uh, it's it's very cool. I've only played like an hour and a half, two hours into Richard, it. Get your marriage therapy under control. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which it, ironically is what the game is based it's around. Literally a base, yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's fun because it's about uh, more puzzle mechanics. And I feel like if more, even if bigger studios would do that, the co-op games aren't, they don't need to be stuff like Borderlands where it's a loot grind or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can just play through it once or you can play through it multiple times with multiple people. And that's mm-hmm. kind of the point of the co-op element is I want to show you this game. Come play with me. Yeah. Um, and the the thing that I like about It Takes Two is it's, it's creative in the puzzle solving element. Mm-hmm. Like, so as a concept of the game, basically, you're these little... Um, dolls yeah dolls and you have to and you're in a large world because you're little tiny dolls so then there's creative element changes uh like a vacuum cleaner that you have to like do you know go through tubes because you're getting sucked through tubes and you're jumping around it's and got stuff like, like that. 27 different video game genres in the one game <laughs> yeah um and it's it's done very creatively it's more pretty and then the storyline although minorly depressing at times but then also like really engaging at times it's literally supposed to be that way. It's about a couple that's basically going through therapy because of their daughter who turned them into dolls. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's the thing is that game itself could be viewed as reinventing the wheel, but it also takes elements from all these other games mm-hmm. that exist. And the puzzles don't have to be mind bending or taking a genius to solve. It's just the fun of figuring them out together. And yeah. A little twist on an old puzzle makes it makes it exciting. So, yeah. I mean, all in all, that's kind of what we're looking for, for like games coming out that's going to hit our like happy little spots for games that we're going to remember. And like the newest game, like I said, I can remember is Guardians because it's not complicated. It's just play through. I had fun with it. And sometimes developers are looking to, for you to play it over and over again. I'm like, but if somebody already spent $60 I for the game. I just spent 60 bucks. Yeah. That's if, what you're looking for, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, exactly. You're just looking for the initial it, buy. If and you if you want more money after that, create more content for it. I would say Corey and I have probably gotten all of our money out of Monster Hunter that's possible to get out of one game. And Persona for me as well. It's like when you spend an excess of eight Overwatch 2, uh, and I don't even know how long you've played that. But I mean, like if you played it over 60 hours, a dollar an hour, I think, is much more value. Oh, that's a massive amount of value. It's a lot than a movie. Yeah, exactly. When you compare, like, some of the single-player experiences that you get, like, on PlayStation, right? Mm -hmm. Some of those games are only eight hours. 
So you spent $60 on an eight-hour experience. And yes, it may be an excellent eight-hour experience. But then when you think back by comparison, 60 hours by comparison to eight, that's going to come up as a complaint. Mm-hmm. Or 300 in Monster Hunter World. Mm-hmm. Well, it's and, still going but up. But that's the eight, thing. I'm at 700. <laughs> it's, it's still those games that are released, those eight-hour single-player experiences, they're still highly critical. Everybody loves them. They're mm-hmm. really, really good, blah, blah, blah. But that's that's a knock in the negative. Oh, I only I want more of this game. I would highly recommend anybody who wants to find a game that's well worth their time go dive into the roguelike experiences because usually they're cheaper games. And you get a lot more. Uh, t- like FTL is like a five dollar game. Oh yeah, and that's, that's fine. I have gotten all of my money's worth out of that game from just going I, ship battle. Ship I think battle. I've put maybe twenty hours into that game. Mm-hmm. And even if it was fifteen, it's worth. Yeah, it's worth it. I think I did pay like um, ten or fifteen yeah. bucks. Yeah. Uh, also, if out. you want to dive into an indie game, Chrono Trigger is excellent. It's worth no money. <laughs> and if you really wanted to, you could find a ROM. But I would highly suggest giving the people money who made that game because oh yeah, we can always hope for like a fifty-year. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Square Enix—that's their mo. Yeah. If if a game is is popular after. 30 years they will eventually remake it yeah uh Corey, you have any strong recommendation of a game that you think the majority of the populace could enjoy um honestly if we're still continuing the train of value for money mm-hmm. um an awesome game to play like it's not couch co-op it's kind of like couch watch would be until dawn oh, um, oh yeah it's okay. a very cine- like all instead gathered of, together is that on pc I think so. It's I on think PC it's on PlayStation, PS, PlayStation yeah. and PC, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a, one of those games where it's like, hey, let's watch a horror movie. Nah, let's actually do this instead because it's like playing a horror movie. Yeah. Oh, and it was and done well. It's stressful and it's very creepy and cool. I didn't mention this before, but that's why I like XCOM because just like Oregon Trail where you can name the characters your friends, <laughs> it's really fun to just sit around with your friends uh, because uh, I was sitting with my roommates, basically, and I would name the. I was like, "Hey, you make your character. You make your character. I'll make my character." And then I had I made so I made one for Corey, and I made one for a few other friends. Just not Richard. Yep. Um, and he didn't I want to see his brother die. No. Uh, <laughs> um, and I was like, "Okay, you get to level up your character, but." I'm basically because I'm playing the game. I'll control them, but sometimes it's fun just to have your your friends control the characters and be like, okay, each one of us is going to take a turn. Yes, it'll make XCOM take ten times as long oh, as yeah. it should, but it's a fun like co-op experience. Just like Until Dawn, you can be like, what should I do? What should I do? Or you can have your friends control each character, and then they're in control of that character's storyline. I so, wouldn't recommend that. They don't give you much time. No, no. <laughs> you got to make quick decisions. Yeah, there. exactly. Uh, but all of these are, make really fun playthroughs if you want a game that's probably going to sit with you for a lot longer than the time you've played it. Yeah. And if you guys have any games that really scratch that itch for you that we haven't referenced, uh, let us know at Generally Casual, uh, uh, whatever social media thing you're on, we're there. We'll be on TikTok soon. Yeah. Look out for our TikToks. We'll let you know when that comes out. Um, but we're going to try... We have an account. We just don't have any content. Yeah. Uh, we're going to try and start to do uh, our pre-records on there. Uh, because as you can tell for when we start every episode, we're always starting hot. <laughs> There's a little bit of hotness. Yeah, exactly. But uh, if you have any suggestions, let us know. If you like our content, let us know. And as I always say, 
listen to it in the car with your friend and strap their ears open there close their eyes and let them listen to our voices forever uh anyways please don't torture your friends yeah wink uh <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you all next week bye everybody